This is Penned In, the podcast for all things bookish. My name is Anna Kate Meadler, and I'm here to help you find your next read. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 33 of Penned In. This week, I interviewed YA fiction author Amy Procupis about writing, life, and more. What would you say is your overall process for writing a novel? Oh my gosh. I'm a little bit of a combination between a pantser and a plotter. Naturally, I like to just jump in the story and just go. So recently, especially since I've published my first book, The Arena, I try to slow up a little bit and at least jot down a general outline because I've learned that if I don't, it makes for the editing process being a little bit more messy. So typically it starts with the idea, which is normally a character for me. Usually the main character, I get a pretty clear view of the main character and then I drop them into the main plot. So usually the character comes first and then the plot, sometimes it's the opposite, but I usually will spend a month or two thinking about the overall book before I actually sit down to jot out the general plot. And I use the seven point plot method. I know a lot of people use what you think of from like your old high school English class, that big plot mountain graph, the like beginning, middle, end, or inciting incident. I like to use the seven plot method, which is pretty similar. It includes the same things, but there's also two like pinch points in there that at least for me being a pantser and like liking to just jump in and let the story take the reins. It helps me better get an idea of where all those important plot twists fall in the story. You're writing more fantasy with this upcoming book and then you've written sci-fi for the arena. Does that outlining writing process change at all depending on the genre or is it mostly the same? It's mostly the same. I guess how the idea comes to me to begin with and how I, I guess, visualize and get a full feel for the world, that is a little bit different. With the arena, that I wrote pretty much entirely during the pandemic, or at least at the time I was a high school teacher. And so I wrote it in between the time that we were all virtual and I found that I had a little bit more downtime during the day than I usually did. And so the way that that came for me was definitely in in chunks. So that story really did come beginning, middle, end for me. But with fantasy especially, I usually piece together, I storyboard a little bit. So for me, that comes in the form of like a photo album on my phone that I just drop inspo into during those early months before I sit down and plot out. So with fantasy, it helps a whole lot to get like an actual visual image because those are usually made up things. Everything from like the places are completely 
made up worlds that don't exist anywhere else, but in your brain and some of the characters, or if there's creatures in there, some of those things are being made up from, from scratch. And so it helps to have a visual. So for those kinds of fantasy and some, to some degree, sci-fi, it helps me to have those visual representations to better get an idea what it really would look like and to describe it to a reader. But if I'm writing something that exists, like something a little more contemporary, I don't storyboard so much. You mentioned you were a teacher. What do you teach? I've taught so many things. Oh my gosh. So started out as a German teacher at a high school, but my background is also in English writing, but I started out as a German teacher and I've taught everything from German to English to English as a second language. Right now I work during the day as a school counselor. It's my first year moving into that kind of a role, but I think especially the counseling side of it, working in schools with teenagers, which is most of what my writing centers around. Most of my characters are teenagers. Having the psychology background has helped a whole lot in shaping people below the surface and giving them more layers. I don't believe that anyone is truly good or truly bad. And so I like to have those layers to all of my characters. I like to have my main character have some kind of flaw deep underneath. And I like to have my villains have some kind of maybe not wholly redeeming character, but something that makes you understand what may have led to where they are now. It's definitely shaped my writing a whole lot. When did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? Gosh, I'm going to sound like just about every single author in the world right now. (laughs) I think we all have that story of, you know, I've, I've written stories since I could hold a pen. I think we all have that kind of origin story. And I can remember that too. I always loved books growing up. I would draw comics and comic strips before I really knew how to, how to write words to tell a story. And as I learned those, I integrated that in until I was writing books. So I've known forever that I've wanted to do that in some capacity. I learned that books didn't just grow on trees and appear in libraries when I was about six or seven years old. And that kind of discussion at school started, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I realized then like, oh, I guess somebody wrote books, somebody's name's written on the front of this one. So I want my name to be written on the front of a book someday. And so it's been a journey ever since. And it's definitely not been a clear cut path as it isn't for most people, I think, that become authors. We all have our own way of getting there. Nobody just necessarily goes to school and just becomes that. But I know that that's always been something that I wanted to be a part of my life for as long as I can really remember. What was the greatest challenge to becoming an author for you? My family has always been really supportive of me becoming an author, but they didn't know how to help me do that. My family are all pretty much all teachers. And so the world of formal education, going to college, that has always been something they all understand very well and something that everyone in my family has just pushed all of my siblings and my cousins to do. So that's always been the next step for everyone. Graduating high school was, oh, well, you'll go to college, you'll get a degree and you'll get some kind of stable nine to five job. And so 
doing the writing and the author thing, which is not always a stable career. It's not like you go to work and you get a steady paycheck. It's based a little bit more on like how well your book does or breaking into the industry, which can be a whole challenge on its own. And so I had to learn how to do a lot of it on my own. I didn't have a whole lot of help figuring it out, which is why it's taken me a little bit of time to do that and why I found out very early that what would benefit me most was just furthering my education to be a better writer. So I have an English degree and I took as many writing classes as I could in college. So you could say I have an English literature degree with an emphasis in writing. That's how many of those I took, but no one could tell me exactly what path to be on to be an author. And even authors out there, their advice is always read and write as many books as you can. And that really is the best way, I think, to go about doing it. You don't apply to become an author like you do for any other job. You just have to go out there and start putting your books out there and promoting them and networking with other authors and until it grows and grows. And hopefully you can support yourself on that kind of an income and a lifestyle. But we all go into it because we like books and we like writing and telling stories. So I guess just like any other career out there, if you like something enough, you should find a way to make it not your whole world per se, but you should find out how you can make a living doing that. So that's how my journey has progressed. And I guess the biggest challenges and for me becoming an author were figuring out how to go about doing that and finding out that there's really no right way or wrong way to, to do that. There's all kinds of methods now. And I think the internet has been a huge part of that versus when I was little looking at becoming an author, you really did have to mail in your manuscripts to those five publishing houses. And now it's it's opened up a lot more so that people have more opportunity to have their stories heard. So that's been, I think, a huge game changer in the world of books and publishing. Why did you choose to go the indie route as opposed to you know, the traditional sending yeah. in your manuscript and hoping a publisher takes it on. Originally, I tried the traditional route. I tried that for probably five years with a, a couple different manuscripts. And some of them, I would get no response. So they tell you when you query on like their submission pages, they'll tell you send this many pages, send it to this email. And if you don't hear in six weeks, just assume it's a no. And so there were some projects where I would hear no response. And then there were some, I would get a response back, like a really nice, like, I don't think we could take this on at this time. And in the midst of the pandemic, when I started querying for the arena, I was trying to go traditional. I was getting a lot of responses. Actually, I think I sent off to about five different literary agents for representation. And I think if I am remembering right, all but one responded to me. One asked to see more. So I sent the entire manuscript and then I didn't hear back. And the others sent me these really nice letters. They were clearly like, clearly they had read the book or the chapters that I had sent them. And they were just responding with almost the exact same message. It wasn't written the same, essentially the same response. And they were all telling me that they already, they've already filled up or they don't think that they really have the time to do it justice, or I don't think we could take this on this year, but maybe in the future. 
And so I was finding out along that process, and it it's kind of funny when I look back on it now that it didn't ever dawn on me, but I think us aspiring authors all view the world of publishing a little bit this way. It's a little bit like magical and, and fairy tale. And sometimes I think we forget that it's still a business. And so sometimes if somebody with a big name or somebody with a lot of following that the publishing house knows will sell a lot of books just by name. Sometimes they get picked up over somebody that also maybe has a really good book, but just doesn't have as much name behind them to be out there as easily. So I found out that there were a lot of other factors in it than just whether my book was good or bad. And so while I had spent a lot of time trying to kind of build a following and, and get my name out there, I did some workshops, talked with other authors and writers. I, I found out that if I thought my book was really good and I'd had it workshopped by other writers and had it edited, then there's bound to be people out there that also enjoyed my story. There really is a reader out there for every book. And I just, I decided that I'm just going to put it out there, find my readers, find my tribe, you know, and see where it goes. And I've kind of, I've surprised myself. I've sort of liked the business side more than I thought I would of it and finding those readers. And there's a really vibrant community of self-published authors. They're all very quick to lend a helping hand and they love talking with their readers. They, they engage, I would say, I don't want to say more than traditional authors. Cause I don't know that that's true at all, but they love engaging online with their readers and it's a more like intimate community. So I've kind of enjoyed that. And I don't know if I'll ever, maybe in the future, but I don't know that I'll ever go back to querying and go to the traditional world because of just, it's just been a really nice journey for me. Going back kind of the indie process, there is a lot, there's obviously a lot that goes into it because you are writing the book, you're then, but you're also marketing it, you're editing it, Mm -hmm. you're finding the beta readers. What, how did you, did you find any resources that kind of helped you with that? And how did you find them? I found some pretty good ones from some blogs online, also to different author YouTubers on YouTube. They've been really helpful too, because they're all so willing and they love sharing their own stories and how they did it. The process is a little different for everybody. And there's a couple of YouTubers online that really show that how their community likes doing certain things through Instagram, or they like these kinds of book reveals versus someone else's process where they like things to be a little bit more traditional and they don't like as many updates or everyone just has a little bit of a different process. One of the biggest resources that I found in the process was the website Readsy. They have a whole database of like cover designers and editors. And that's where I found my cover designer and editor for the arena. I found both of them on Readsy and they were amazing. And most of the people that are working on Readsy are either true freelance writers that have a background in graphic design or, or writing in general, or they're a lot of them like the, the artists that I use, some of them are working for those big publishing houses. And this is just something they do extra on the side, like their side hustle. So my amazing cover designer, she works for a company where she designs covers mostly for audiobooks. And my editor, 
works in the UK for, I think she collaborates with Scholastic over there. She helped edit the UK edition of the Hunger Games, which is why I thought she would be a perfect fit to work with the arena because it covers some similar themes with the political discourse and breaking away from injustice. And she was fabulous. So I've had a really good experience with Reedsy. They also have some like self-publishing guides there, some like how to go about the process. And I found for my, at least for my process, some of that held true. And some of it I broke away from for the sake of like my time constraints, what I could do with the time I had. So there are definitely some good resources out there. And I've definitely found that authors themselves are pretty good resources being out there because they have their own fail stories also, because there are some things that don't work very well for them and may work really well for somebody else. You definitely learn as you go in the indie world. (laughs) And a lot of it is trial and error. It's just, it really is like a business. Everything is return of investment. So you put a little bit of money into it, hoping that you get some stuff back out. It's been a really fun, fun ride. (laughs) You have a book coming out in the fall. Are you doing anything differently with the promotion and the kind of writing process for that book? I am a little bit. Yes. I definitely learned from my mistakes <laughs> with the arena. So I did have originally, I found a cover designer for the arena on Fiverr and he hinted at it early on when we were discussing what the cover would look like, some of his time constraints. And I should have taken that into consideration because he unfortunately backed out on our timeline. And then I had to scramble on the back end. And so this time around the cover with the arena was one of the, the last things that I did because I did end up having to scramble and find somebody with a timeline that fit for the publishing date. I am going to try and do the cover for this new book a whole lot earlier in the process. This book it's fantasy. It's a little bit more like urban fantasy. It's set within our world but there are like supernatural things within it. So I'm going to try and find a cover designer in probably the end of the summer. That way I have the cover to go along with my promotion early in the process. So I didn't have that with the arena. I didn't have like the cool cover to show as I was telling people, Hey, I've got this cool book coming out in a couple months. I just had all these different graphics that I had made. And I've since learned one, how to make better graphics. (laughs) I've learned how to make a whole lot better things on using Canva. That's what I use most of the time anyway. And book trailers, I've been learning how to do that as well. So I'm going to have a whole lot more tools to do promotion before the book ever comes out. And I think the cover will be one thing that really adds to that because people will already see what it looks like. They'll know what it's about. And so it's sort of like putting a face to a name. They'll have that well before the book actually hits shelves. And with that coming out earlier, I'm hoping I'll be able to do more pre-orders. With the arena, I had, I think I had a pre-order up for a month in advance, if even that. And so I have my timeline scattered, not scattered, but I have it scaled out so that I should be able to have pre-orders out closer to three months, which I think will help 
a whole lot in that initial launch, getting that book out there. Hopefully all of that goes the way I plan it to. So what advice would you give to aspiring authors? Gosh, I wish I could reinvent the wheel and come up with some, some like really good tidbit, but I'm going to go with the tried and true, just like most authors and writers say, like the best thing is really is to, to write and read as much as you can. I think more than just that though, it definitely a really big step going from writing in, in your bedroom, you know, like after school or in your free time to writing and then asking somebody else to read it or sharing that with other people because writing really is kind of like an intimate thing. You put so many emotions into writing. That's what makes it good, right? That's what makes books fun to read is because you get the raw emotions from them and those raw moments with characters. And it can be really intimidating to share that with somebody, especially something that maybe you wrote last night like an hour, you only spend an hour or two on, but I think writing and reading as much as you can and asking other people to, to share what they think about that. And that can be the hard part is asking for others to read it because that's definitely the scary part about publishing an actual book is when you, when you hit publish, if you're self-publishing it or that moment in the traditional world, when it goes live and people start buying it, and you see how many people are buying it, whatever they may review and think of it. That's always the scary part. So I think you can prepare yourself for that. And you can definitely become a better writer by taking feedback from others. And that can be really difficult. So reading, writing, and workshopping. (laughs) Well, we are kind of coming up to end of times, but before you go, Thank you again for coming on here. I say this, I say this every single time, but I really do appreciate when authors come on to talk to me about books because I just like doing this. Well, I love talking about books and and I love talking to people that also love books and love writing. So this is really fun. Thanks for, for having me on. Want to learn more? You can find her website linked in the description below. Her second book, Guardians of the Sixth Gate, releases October 31st. You can read the first chapter for free now, which will also be linked in the description. And that's all for this week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and make sure to tune in on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify.